Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1044, air date March 7th, 2022. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I hope everyone's doing well. We'll wait for people to come on in. Um, today, we're going to be doing an interesting presentation. It comes uh, after a lot of hard work, and it's a follow-up to a previous study that we presented, a pilot scientific study we did, I think, about two or three weeks ago. And in that scientific study, um, we shared with you the, the results, the initial results of our findings about the quality of the signature verification of ballots that took place in Maricopa County. So um, I think that was on March, uh, sorry, February uh, 22nd, 2022, the Election Systems Integrity, which we founded about a year ago, and we held a, a major conference a year ago, um, has now gone into full gear. We're doing lots and lots of research projects, and we publish work based on the work, in this case, of EchoMail. Um, and in that a pilot study that we did, we analyzed close to 2 million uh, envelopes that were on the, uh, that, that's where ballots go in. And uh, our initial study was done for the Arizona Senate that we were commissioned to do. And in that study, uh, we were asked to look at whether in the box on the front of the envelope, whether a signature existed or not. We weren't allowed to do the signature verification. Subsequent to that, and more recently, uh, using those ballot envelope images and using signatures that we were able to acquire publicly from the deeds repository in Maricopa, we did the first study of its kind in the world. It's interesting, in the scientific literature, no one has done a study of literally measuring the mismatch rates of signatures if you present them to a, you know, a trained staff member or an expert, if you give them one signature of someone which is on the envelope where people sign when they put in a ballot versus their signature on file and comparing and doing enough of those to get what's called the signature mismaturation. No one ever had done that. We were the first to do that. And we did a pilot study as I was sharing with everyone uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and we came up with some extraordinary and compelling results which said nearly uh, at minimum over 200,000 ballots in Maricopa uh, were counted, but they didn't go through a process called curing. So I'm going to cover that today. All right. So today, um, at that time when we did that study, we did a sample size of around 500, which represents in statistical terms, 95% confidence. Um, over the last several weeks, we've done now a study that goes over um, 2,500, in fact, over 2,700. We've done two um, analyses within our what we call an extended study and that study also confirms the pilot study and I want to share that with you so I believe this is going to be educational for most of you I hope you enjoy it um, and uh, let me first of all begin by letting everyone know that um, the Election Systems Integrity Institute is a part of uh, another you know larger foundation I have called the International Center for Integrative Systems you can find it at integrativesystems.org. 
And this center, I started close to around, I think, 14 years ago. Um, and our center really focused on educating people on the power of systems thinking. And we run many, many different programs and projects inside of it. Uh, anyone's free to explore that. But if you go to the center's website, you'll see that we've, we've done a whole range of projects on systems. So one of the projects we've done um, is on, for example, systems biology, the using the systems approach to look at the interconnection of food systems. And we did quite a bit of work on uh, genetically engineered foods, and uh, we discovered some significant problems when the food is engineered and what it does at the plant systems level. We also have a, out of the systems work out of food, we, uh, we run the International Clean and Raw Food Certified Program. That's also part of the International Center for Integrative Systems. Uh, for those of you who have uh, know of young people or young kids, uh, let them know that, that um, we also have something called innovationcorps.org. It's a, a initiative that I started to really recognize young innovators in their age of 14 through 18. And if you go to the website, we have still um, grants available, but it ends on uh, March 22nd of this, uh, sorry, March uh, 31st of this year. But people, young people, 14 through 18 can apply. And our center funds those kids um, with a $1,000 uh, program. They get mentoring for mentoring sessions, but we really want to recognize young people. And the other part of the International Center for Integrative Systems is the Election Systems Integrity Institute, which focuses on doing uh, publications and research on election systems. And that's what we're going to talk about today, okay? And, and uh, for those of you who are joining, we're going to be discussing one of the research projects we just finished on understanding uh, the signature mismatch rates. So let me just uh, go right into that. And this is a effort out of the Election Systems Integrity Institute. So I'm going to go right into that so people can, um, we don't waste any more time. But here's the cover of the, of our, uh, sorry, program here. We started up. Um, this is a cover of the report that we submitted. Uh, we recently updated it. In fact, this morning we submitted it. Um, and I want to thank our team uh, for it. Uh, the version I'm showing you has certain information that uh, was only viewable to the Attorney General of Arizona. But what this extended study confirms at minimum is that over 200,000 mail ballots with mismatched signatures were counted without review, which is called curing. And you're going to learn about that in Maricopa County, uh, Arizona. And I just want to let everyone know um, this process of curing occurs in 22 states in the United States. And um, so what we think about Maricopa as a case study of potentially what's going on elsewhere. So let's just jump right into it. So uh, what you see here, first of all, this is the entire study. This will be published on our website. Um, but the key elements, and it's a long study, over 100, uh, 114 pages, uh, which we put together. But let me just go to the executive summary. What we discovered was at minimum, 215,856 um, early voting mail ballots, which I'm going to call EVBs, should have been cured in Maricopa versus the 25,000 that were cured by the county in the 2020 general election. Um, this updated extended study, um, along with the pilot study that we did several weeks ago, uh, are the first to calculate signature mismatch rates to the best of our knowledge of EVBs for experts, 
we're going to call forensic document examiners, trained novices, we're going to call non-FDEs also, and in a two-step review process using both FDEs and non-FDEs. Now, one constraint of the study I want to point out to everyone is not having access to the signature files from the county. So we had to go, um, you know, mine and get our own signatures that were publicly available. Now, given the nearly 10x difference in EVBs to be cured, we found out 215,000. Uh, the county had 25,000 between this study and the county's actual numbered cured. If the county were to provide their signature files, an update to the study could be performed. So let me uh, provide some key elements um, of the abstract here. I think um, uh, one of the things I want to point out here, which I sort of went through quickly, sorry about that, is that you can see we calculated different mis mismatch rates based on different conditions, different experiments we did, all the way ranging from as low as 11%, all the way to highest 48.9%. And you can see the number of ballots the study predicts should be cured. We're in this case only taking the minimum amount. So I just want to let everyone know we're being very, very conservative. We're saying only about at minimum over 200,000 ballots should have been cured, but there could be higher levels. So I want to just let, let everyone know we're being very conservative in this estimate. All right. So just to review for those of you, what occurred in the past is that we did an initial pilot study. And in that pilot study, uh, we uh, found out of the 499 EVB signature images that we used in that study. And by the way, that represents uh, that's a randomly selected sample from the 1.9 million. That represents 95% confidence um, uh, such that the real value um, would be within plus or minus 4% margin of error. Now, in that pilot study, we had six reviewers, three experts called forensic document examiners, and three trained novices who were presented pairwise images of signatures from the envelopes and a genuine, genuine signature, and they all concurred uh, about 12% of the EVBs, this is again minimum, um, were signature mismatches. The pilot study concluded that over 229,000 um, uh, EVBs should have been cured versus the upwards of tw uh, 25,000 that the county cured, okay? And though the results from that pilot study were very, very compelling, you know, we decided that it would be important to do an extended study, right? So, you know, in science, you sometimes, you know, if you go, you know, they'll do a little biopsy or they'll, you know, you'll do uh, in engineering, you'll do a small test just to get an idea. Hey, is something going on there? If it is, then you go do a larger study. So we did the initial study and we found what we thought were some compelling results. And now we did this extended study. So that's what you're, that's what you're getting today. Okay. Um, so let me go back here. So um, now this study used a sample of 2,770 um, samples. That's five times larger than the pilot study. And get, that gives a margin of error for us of around 99% again, uh, 99% with plus or minus 2.5% margin of error. So much more higher resolved study, more accurate study. Now this study um, used a revised sample size also of 2379. So first, first we used all 2770. And then we did a revised study to even be more conservative. Let me explain um, what I mean by this. So we took 2,770 
images from out of the 1.9 million. So that was our sample at 99% confidence level. And we put them here. Then we had to go get these signatures for those samples. Well, where did we find them? Well, the county uh, did not give us the signature files. So we went to the uh, recorder's database, which is a publicly available database where you can, Maricopa, where you can find people's deed signatures and we mine those. So we have two signatures side by side. Now, someone could say one of the, uh, our, our study could be inaccurate because the signature that we got from the counties, was that really accurate? So we did two sets of studies and, and I'll show you what we did here. We first did all 2,770 and that's called analysis A, but we also did another analysis because what we discovered was when we did the first analysis, there were about 290 signatures where everyone said, hey, these are definitively bad signatures. Everyone agreed these are mismatches to be specific. Okay, so we said, okay, if they're mismatches, that's pretty amazing. Or it could be that we got the wrong signature. So guess what we did? Instead of keeping them to make our accuracy improve and make people more confident, we said, we're going to eliminate that. Okay, and still see how it is. And that was a second analysis we did. And we also took out some others that we were even more being paranoid. Okay, so out of uh, 2770, we removed around 300 and uh, I think 91, and that was 2,379. And then we did a second analysis and I'll share with you that. So we really did two analyses within this study. So uh, let's go right into that. So what we found was that, um, and, and I'll share some of this. So, so let me just go right into it. So what, we, what did we find, the summary? We found that if experts, forensic document examiners, that's what they're called, FDEs, alone were used to review the EVBs, then at minimum 786,753 EVBs should have been cured or at a maximum 936,457 EVBs. These were if experts reviewed. Remember, experts are a lot more, pay a lot more scrutiny. In these counties that do signature verification, they have trained staff but the training they get is a few hours, okay? It's not like they're forensic document examiners. So we also looked at how the trained novices would do on our end, right? Non-FDs, and in their case, they would have found at minimum 344,528 EVB should have been cured, or at a maximum 544,897. Now, the next thing we did was we emulated what occurs in Maricopa where if a ballot, first they have the trained staff, volunteers, you know, people are not FDs who find a signature mismatch. It then goes to what is called a manager, someone with more expertise. And if they also say it's a mismatch, then it gets sent to curing. Curing is where they call people, and I'll go through this more, uh, to say, hey, uh, maybe the person had Parkinson's or they had a difficulty and that's why their signature is off. So it's really a two-step initial review process. So we simulated that by doing uh, this two-step process. So we had really three signature mismatch rates we calculated for both analyses, okay? And so let me go through that. So what the study revealed at minimum is, you know, over 200,000 early voting mail ballots should have been cured. So this confirms the pilot study. And what we wanna really bring out here is if the county were to provide us its signature files that they use, so we didn't have to go do all this hard work and mining signatures from the public, then we could update the study 
and also use machine algorithms to do a full analysis, okay? So let's begin with the background. By the way, this is uh, Dr. Shiva Ider. I hope uh, for those of you uh, who just joined us, uh, this is a, uh, a review where I'm sharing with you the results of our extended study following the pilot study of uh, uh, calculating the signature mismatch rates, or essentially really per, um, performing the first study of its kind in an extended way on signature verification. That's what we're joining. So welcome everyone. So the background to this is, let me give you a little bit of education because some of this stuff may be new. So let's understand what is signature verification? What is signature verification? Well, in signature verification, it's, first of all, it's a multi-step, it's really a systems process. And it's aimed to verify a signature based on review of two signatures side by side, one being the genuine signature, the other being a questionable signature. And in elections, what happens is people put their envelope, okay? People put their ballot, I'm sorry, in an envelope, an early voting mail ballot envelope. And it's sent to a facility typically in the election office where it's scanned. So the envelope is scanned to create an envelope image. Then what happens is an initial review is performed before you even open that envelope to determine if the person who signed is, is in fact the person who they say they are, okay? So how's this done? Well, side by side, human beings review the, the ballot envelope image, okay, the envelope image, which has a signature, and they also have a genuine signature on file. Now, in Maricopa County, they use this, uh, they have signatures on file, perhaps a person's uh, voting registration signature or their DMV, motor vehicles. And um, human beings reviewed all nearly 2 million or over 1.9 million envelopes, okay? And they did this review. So first the trained staff reviewed, right? And if this was found to be a match, we'll talk about what happens there. If it was found to be a non-match, um, one of the things they did in this case is they send it to, as you can notice in the sub-bullet here, to a manager with more expert expertise to determine if it should be cured, okay? So if it's a match, it, the envelope is open and the ballot is processed. If it is not a match, then it goes through curing. And in curing, if it's found to be a match, then the ballot is sent to tabulation as it would be in this first step. And if it's confirmed not to be a match, then it's denoted as a bad signature, okay? So to all of you joining us, this is a signature verification process. Maybe there's variations, they use bipartisan people, et cetera, um, but this is really the process, okay? It's a multi-step process. All right, in Maricopa here were the results from the 2020 election. Again, this is the extended study we're sharing with you. This is not the pilot, so if you saw a version of this before, this is a much more intensive study that we did, okay? So what we see here is that out of all the 1.19 million ballot, plus ballots, 25,000 were sent to be cured. And that's about 1.31%. Now out of the ones that were cured, I mean sent to curing, 587 were finally decided to be bad signatures, which is three one, one hundredths of all the EVVs, all 1.9 million, and it's about 2.3% of the cured, okay? So what did we do, okay? What we did was, first of all, step one, we selected a representative sample. And we wanted, in the, in the extended study, a, a very high confidence level, okay? So we selected a sample of, uh, uh, to have a 
confidence level of 99% such that the margin of error would only be plus or minus two and a half percent, okay? And to achieve this, we needed 2,775 times more than the pilot study, and that's what we got. So we organized first, the second step, the data set of the envelope signatures with their images, which is we had 2,770 of them. And then we now had to create a data set of the genuine signatures. So the county in Maricopa uh, did not give us the sec genuine signatures. So what, what we did was we went to the Maricopa Recorder's Deeds Repository. And so if your name was John Smith, we found John Smith's deed. But remember, there could be many John Smiths. How do you know John Smith is John Smith? Well, it turns out if you use a middle initial, it really hones it in. And if we weren't able to find the middle initial, let's say if the middle initial, the first name and last name were there, then we accepted it. But if we couldn't find that middle initial, then we also looked for the address. And if we couldn't find the address match, then it was thrown out. Okay, so it's a multi-step process um, using both human and technology. Now, if the county were to give us their stuff, we could update the study. So I just want to let everyone know our constraint here was we had to go and mine genuine signatures. But however, as this as the slide says, many forensic document examiners say many times signatures on a deed are much more reliable because you have to have a notary do that, okay? Versus signatures when you sign a voter registration file, all right? So that was that. So next thing we did was we had uh, two sets of people, as I mentioned, forensic document people and non-forensic people, as we talked about here, okay? And then they were presented with these, an image on the left, which was a, the signature on the envelope, and a genuine signature that we mined. And they had to do two choices. Either select, um, either select that it's a match or it's not a match. Match or not match, okay? All right, so then what we did was, in step five, what we did, to put it simply, we not only did that for the 2770, and we got results, which is called analysis A, but then we wanted to make sure, because some people may critique us, they may say, hey, your genuine signatures may not be really genuine. So we did an interesting thing. We said anytime all six people said it was a no match, concurred, we could say, oh, wow, six people concurred, it was no match. That was in the first analysis. But in the second analysis, we said, let's throw them all the way. Let's assume that when everyone says it's a no match, it means a signature that we got is absolutely wrong. So we did that. So we threw away two, 290, okay, close to 10%. And then we also found we, we were a little more, uh, uh, you know, um, deliberate on looking for better a male, uh, the middle initial, and we got rid of another 101. So in the second analysis, we took the 2770 and we threw away uh, 391 to get a sample that had potentially less error of, of signatures that were wrong from the deeds, okay? So we really, really uh, wanted to be, you know, um, as conservative as we could. So that's what I wanted to say. Again, if the county gives us their signatures that they have, we wouldn't have had to do a lot of this hard work, okay? So let's jump right into it, okay. So the first analysis we did was on the sample of 2,770 samples, all right. And we did the first experiment where, within analysis A, where the goal was to determine the signature mismatching rates using experts, forensic document examiners. So we got three, three forensic document examiners 
and they were presented the pairwise images, right, of the 2,770. And then we calculate what's known as a pooled consensus mismatch rates, okay? And we'll talk about what that is. It means the probability out of how many times among all the three FDs that when they saw the same pair of signatures associated with an EVB, did they conclude as a match or a no match, okay? And we did that at each level. It's almost like three people voting, okay? And we aggregated all that. And the forensic document examiners, um, oops, over here, um, they were, they were, um, um, uh, uh, they had to calculate, okay? For each pairwise signature, they were presented. And then we determined the distribution probabilities. And then we also determined uh, the, the probability, the, the mean of the probabilities across the 270 determined the FD pool consensus rate. So this was the data for each expert. So you can see that, just look at that for a little while. And you'll see each expert had a range from 23% of this EVBs being mismatches all the way up to 71%. And that's where each FDEs, the, the blue is their match rate and the red is their mismatch rate, okay? All right, so they have varying mismatch rates. And then this is, if you wanna see how their mismatch rates varied over time as they're processing those 2700, um, uh, 27770, you can also see that, all right? Then what we did was we wanted to now figure out the pooled consensus. So for every ballot, okay, from one to 2770, we calculate, that's what each one of these lines is, um, the votes essentially. If one person of the three said it was a mismatch, that's one out of three, right, 33%. If all three said it, it's 100%. That's why the scale here goes from zero to 100%, all right? So we have this, literally this histogram, all right? So these are literally the probabilities of that. And then we calculated what's called the pooled consensus signature mismatch rate, which I'm gonna call beta. And we found that to be 48.98%. That means among all the FDEs, the, the, um, the experts, 48.98% on average, they would say, hey, this early voting ballot has a mismatch. But remember, experts are seeing things that non-experts do not see, all right? So that's the first thing we did. And we call that variable beta. Next thing we did, was we said, okay, let's just group how they, you know, voted. So these are their voting, 100% uh, time when they're saying it's a mismatch to 0%, and you can see the distribution of ballots here, okay? Just a nice graph here. So at the end of the day, if you use the FDEs to have cured, they would have cured 48.98% or 936,457 ballots, okay? Experts. Then we said, let's do with trained novices, non-experts, non-FDs. And in this case, uh, the county is a guide and that guide was followed, okay? And again, we presented them with the same set. They also did the pool consensus, same process, and here are those results. So you see ranges from 23.1% to 31.2, these two F, um, novices or trained novices were very, very close. Um, and you can see their results here, okay? But bottom line, it's in this range. And then what we did is we did the same thing for calculating the pool consensus. Again, every line here is a probability, or literally a vote 
literally what they did. It's not a probability, it's the actual results of each non-FD or trained novice, how they voted on each ballot. And that helps us calculate a different signature mismatch rate for the novices, which we call alpha. And that turned out to be 28.5, okay? And again, you can see a distribution of their votes across the various ballots. So this means 1481 ballots, none of them said it was mismatch, which means they were all matches, all the way down to 363, which they said, uh, all three said that they were mismatches, okay? And then in between, all right. Then what we did was we calculated the ballots. So non-FDEs, if they were allowed, novices, trained novices, they would have said close to a half a million or over half a million, 544,897 should have been should have been sent to curing, right? Then we did something more interesting. Remember, what really happened, so, so the case we're looking at is if just the FDs did it, over 900,000, they would have said would have cured. If just the novices did it, over 500,000. But in the election process, a curing signature verification, apparently in Maricopa, it's a two-step initial review process. First, the trained staff, in this case, a trained novices review it. And if they say, hey, this is a mismatch, it goes to a expert or the manager. And then the expert reviews those again. So it's really a joint, joint really function, a joint probability, okay? So we did that in the extended study, a little more sophisticated than we did in the pilot, okay? So here we go. So in Maricopa, again, the initial view involved trained staff, and, uh, and that's what I'm just describing here that we did. And this is another way to view it, um, just so people don't get scared with the math here. It's actually pretty simple, but just to keep it straightforward, E represents all the uh, ballots. It's, it's really a unit vector of all the uh, 2,770 ballots that came in. And then these are reviewed by the trained staff, and there's a signature mismatch rate of alpha. So what comes out of this that would be sent to the FDEs would be E, it's actually multiplied by alpha, but sometimes people call it dot product because these are actually two vectors, okay? But these number of ballots now need are no matches and need to be reviewed by a manager. The manager has their own signature mismatch rate, which we're calling beta, which we calculated, and they would come up, at the end, you'd get so many ballots, which would be E times gamma, and gamma is the combined um, mismatch rate uh, in joint probability to be specific among both the trained novice and the, the FDE, okay? So we calculated that, okay? So it's quite a bit of work, but I'll walk you through it. So what we found was if you calculate the ballots in this first case that's coming out right here, E times alpha, that turns out it's 790 early voting ballots would go to the managers for review out of the 2,770, okay? And that's right about there. Then we looked at, in order to calculate gamma, we need the joint signature view mismatch rate. So we plotted that and then we calculated gamma, which turns out to be 22.27, okay? 22.27. And if you go to that, 22.27, if you notice here, when we look at the 22.27, we get various possibilities because now two people are voting on this, all right? And you see here that 617 ballots would have gone to curing. 
because this is how many came through both people reviewing it. And if you work that out, that's 22.27, which means 425,784. So what this means is that if we followed the two-step process in Maricopa using both people, this would mean that over 400,000 early voting ballots should have been cured, okay? Now, obviously people would say, hey, well, this seems high. And the reason your study is flawed is because you didn't use the same signatures that the county did. Remember, we went and used the signatures that we got from the deeds repository. So let's, and again, if the county gave us their signatures, this would not be an issue. We would use just use that, okay? So we sort of stepped back and we said, okay, let's be even more strict. Maybe some of those 2,770 um, pairwise things, we should throw away some of them. Maybe some of them that we, um, you know, whatever we suspect could be, the genuine signatures could be bad. Let's throw them away and then, you know, redo the analysis. So that was really analysis B. Again, we were being conservative here. So, and by the way, just to summarize the analysis A, these are the different signature mismatch rates and these are the different ballots that have been incurred. Okay. So then, um, so that's what the ex expert summary showed that I just walked you through. What we now did was pursuant to what I just said, we applied these additional current constraints. We were really being sort of paranoid. Hey, let's remove any of those potential uh, genuine signatures we got that could potentially be bad. So how did we do that? Well, we did two, some uh, very interesting things here. We used, we, we removed another 101 where we did further scrutiny, where we looked at the middle initials and, uh, and, and we did more scrutiny on the middle initials matching. And if the middle initials didn't match, and we again checked the addresses. But that, so we found about 101 there. And again, being conservative. But then we said, let's look at all the ones from the previous analysis that the, that the FDE said were, all three said were not matching. That's 582. And let's look at all the ones that the novices, trained novices said were not matching. That's 363. And then we said, how many of them do both agree? All six agree. How many did they agree were um, not matching? Okay. Now, what could that mean? So, so experts and novices are saying that 290 pairs do not definitively match. So we said, okay, why, what about saying, it's called the wisdom of the crowds in statistics. We said, why don't we say all of those are bad, right? It could be two possibilities. The genuine signatures we got are bad or they're indeed mismatches. But we took a conservative case and we said, let's just toss them all out, okay? So again, giving the benefit of the doubt to our critiques who may say, hey, you got the wrong genuine signatures. So we did that. So we took out all those 290, okay, from here. So at the end of the day, we removed 391 pairwise signatures and we ended up with a new sample of 2,379, okay? So um, now there were, what's interesting is among those 209, just the lettering one that we removed, there were some that were so clearly genuine signatures because we had the address match, um, middle initial out of that 290 pool, but we threw them all away just to let you know that we we're being concerned. We even threw away definitively genuine signatures. Okay. But that's fine because we want to be, um, you know, lower our probability of error. So now I can't show you these because these are constrained because they're signatures here. So 
Let's show you the summary of the updated analysis, okay? This is analysis B. So now in analysis B, what I'm sharing with you is we did analysis A, we came up with the range of potential ballots. Now we're doing a more conservative estimates where we're throwing away anything that could potentially be not a genuine signature from the deeds, okay? All right, so what do we have here? So we're looking at 2,379 samples. And again, we ran experiment one, like I've talked about. We did the pooled canal analysis. And this is what we find in the, in, in the new analysis B. We find the ranges go from 12.4%, so they've lowered to 66%, okay? And those are the mismatch rates um, by FDEs, forensic document examiners. Still high, but lower than analysis A. And this is their distribution of, for each individual EVB, how they voted on them, okay? And you can see in this case, the beta is 41%. In the earlier case, it was close to 49, so it's dropped by 8%, okay? But still 41.15%. And this is, again, the grouped uh, consensus probabilities of those. And what we find here is in the second analysis B, if the experts reviewed these EVBs, 786,753 would, would have been sent for curing, okay? Then we did experiment two with the novices, all right? Just like before in analysis A, now in analysis B, we're doing this. And here, everyone knows we did the same process, same pool consensus as I've talked about, and this is what you find. We find that among the non-forensic document examiners, the rate goes from 12.7% to 21.4, again, lower than the original analysis A. And again, we did the distribution to calculate the pooled consensus rate, and we find that to be 18.02%. What does that mean? Again, just like before, that means if you gave a signature to a trained novice, 18% of the time, they would say, hey, that is a no match, and they would send it to their manager. Just like if you gave something to a expert, they would say, go back to this, 41% of the time that that ballot is a no match, okay? So experts, 41.15% and, and novices, trained novices, 18.02%. All right, so now we wanna now put it all together. So we did the same thing where we, um, that's the 18.02. And by the way, that would mean 344,528 ballots would have gone to curing if you use a novices rate. But now we said, let's apply the two-step process. And in the two-step process, we know, as we talked about, Maricopa has trained staff do it, then they send it to their manager, so we did the same thing. But notice this time it's 2379 pairwise signatures. And so first we calculate how many would have gone to the manager, which is E times alpha, and that is found to be 429 EVBs, less than before, okay? Which is what we would expect. And then we want to calculate what is the two-step mismatch rate among including both the novices and the FDEs. And we find that to be 11.29%, 11.29%. So that means 269 ballots at the end of the day would have been sent to cure, curing, okay? So we put it all together, 11.29%. Again, this is a very, very conservative number because we've now 
eliminated any ones we were potentially thinking were not genuine signatures and we're doing redoing the analysis, okay? So what do we find? We find in the most conservative case, 11.29%, 215,856 ballots should have been cured, okay? All right, so let's compare that now. So what that means is that when you line up in this second analysis, more conservative analysis, it goes from 11% to 41%, but we've only used 11.29% to put forward that 200, at minimum, 215,856 ballots should have been cured. That is far more than what the county cured, which is 25,000, okay? So that's the, so discussion-wise, you know, the county cured 25,000, which is 1.31%. And what we're saying here is that 11.29% should have been cured, which is about 10%, 10 times more, okay? Um, see this one second here okay um someone says uh all right so that's what we did here sorry about that and so this is what we find so the discussion is the following if based on the extended study as you're seeing here that yields a minimum signature mismatch rate of 12.29% and the county's post-curing mismatch rate of 2.3%, that means 4,965 EVBs at minimum, that's what, see right here, should have been uh, thrown out versus 587. So that's important in such a close race, all right? And the conclusion that we have that we wanna put forward is the Malico Maricopa County Election Department states that it has a rigorous signature verification process. If you read their stuff, they say they have a rigorous signature verification process, but they only cured 25,000. And our extended study confirms a pilot study and puts forward that they actually have a flawed signature verification process. That's our conclusion here. And we wanna, again, make it clear, the extended study found if FDDs alone were used to review it, they'd be at minimum 786,000. If the non-FDs did it, it would be at minimum 344,000. And if both did it through the two-step process, it'd be 215,000. Now, again, I wanna, again, state this one constraint of the study is not having the signature files from the county. Now, given the nearly 10X difference in EVBs to be cured between this study and the county's actually number, actual number cure, actually number cured to be actual number cured. If the county were to provide their signature files, an update to the study could be performed. So we're more than ready to do an update. And there are a number of things that we propose for future research, which I'm not gonna get into, but essentially saying that we could continue the study in a number of ways. So anyway, I hope this was helpful. I know it's, it's a lot of detail, but um, there's no other choice sometimes, you know, uh, to bear with it and dig deep, and that's what we've done. You know, the election integrity movement uh, right now, in my view, has three different things going on. One set of people deny there's any problems. And there's major institutes at Harvard, at MIT, and Stanford who are all about denying there are any issues. They write they have academics, writing all these papers. That's one hand. The other hand is you have what I call grifters, 
the grifters spend all of their time, uh, frankly, talking about nonsense. Okay, nothing burgers. And it's unfortunate because there are real systems issues. There are real systems issues, which um, is what our institute was created for, to really go after from a scientific perspective, those systems issues. So electionsystemsintegrity.org was founded on that. And we have some incredible people working, working with us. And our goal is really to challenge the existing academic establishment which believes nothing to see here, move along, right? That's what's happening on one hand. One set of the academic institution wants to, um, oh, hold on, I'm trying to capture this here. Okay, here we go. Let me just, uh, I wanna bring back the election systems integrity site. Okay, there you go. Okay, well, I guess I can't bring that back. Anyway, the bottom line is that you have these two groups, the grifters who are essentially putting out garbage and they're they're helping the deniers. But when you take a systems approach, a truly systems approach as we've done here, where you look at the entire system flow and you go down step by step. Now, the problem is a systems approach and when you do real stuff, it takes a lot more effort. I think over the last four weeks, I myself and my colleagues have gotten about three hours sleep a day doing the analysis. When you do the real work, you don't have time to do the grifting, unfortunately, right? So this is why a scientific study like this is really important is because we've gone down and we've looked at things various ways. We question ourselves, we critique ourselves, we want criticism. And what we've concluded here is this study has confirmed the pilot study where we dipped our toe in the water And now we did five times more samples, 99% confidence, two and a half to uh, 2.7 margin of error. And we've concluded is that a minimum of 200,000 early voting ballots should have been sent to curing. And the other point is we are extremely open to working with Maricopa County. If they give us the signature files, maybe our genuine signatures are all crap. Fine, we'll run it through and we'll see what results we get. That's how science works. Anyway, I, I hope this was valuable for people. Let me see if there's any questions people want me to answer. Let's see here. Uh, someone, thank you, uh, Jason Gann, uh, for your kind comments. Um, someone uh, is saying, thank you for your work, uh, encouraging people to look at the system integrity. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, appreciate your comments. And let's see here. Uh, A lot of comments here to go through. Okay. Um, All right. So I think, I think, I hope this someone uh, here says uh, many election laws were broken. It is a known fact. The scientific aspect uh, is just icing on the election fraud cake. Okay. So anyway, I hope this is valuable. This is, Dr. Shiva, please go to vashiva.com if you want to find out more what I do. Um, and by the way, I, I have a little scrolling thing I want to mention for if, if there are young people that you know between the age of 14 through 18, and they're interested in applying for the Innovation Corps Award. Again, um, we want to recognize young innovators. Um, we award them a $1,000 check. 
we give them mentoring for mentoring and we recognize them, but it's really to recognize that great innovations can occur anytime, any place by anybody. All right, everyone. Thank you. Uh, be well, have a good night. And I hope if you haven't eaten dinner, you have a good dinner because that's where I'm going to right now. Thank you. Thank you.